Hello and welcome to It's a Scary Life. I'm your host, Melody, and this is my lovely co-host, Ellen. Hi. Hi. Missed you guys. Yes, we, we really missed you. Um, we hope you guys have been having an interesting few weeks. We know we have. <laughs> Why are you cursing them to live in interesting times, Melody? <laughs> <laughs> we all live in interesting times between... Yeah, yeah we do. Between... Uh, politics and disease and climate and all the horseshit of life yay (laughs) i hope personally that your last couple weeks have been uneventful on a basic personal level unless you had recently celebrated rosh hashanah unless you had a fun time yes and that in that case shana tova shana tova and uh lovely yom kippur to you Mm -hmm. too yes and uh have a good well, well we'll be back during sukkot so Hell yeah. <laughs> so we can talk to you about that then. Anyway. I've never done suko and it sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, sleeping on the floor is... Uh, no, but like sleeping bags. Like you can have sleeping bags, right? Not technically. It's really just <gasps> no pillow. No, There's no comforts. Never, I take, I take yeah. it back. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, the sleeping on the floor part is uh, pretty rough. And uh, I meant like making the... The sukkah sounds yeah, fun. Yeah. I don't agree with a... Sleeping outside in the middle of September. I mean, this year it actually would probably be pretty nice. Yeah, probably. I have better cold tolerance yeah. than Melody does. That's true. Because I got fat. Yeah. <laughs> I have extremely uneven fat distribution in my body. Mm-hmm. So if you tell me that I will stop shivering when my body gets used to the cold of the she water, fucking it won't. won't. I won't. She no, won't. I won't. It won't. <laughs> I won't stop. Um, it's it's a tough time. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, I'd like to just uh, start off like always thanking you, our listeners, for giving us a chance and taking your time to listen to our podcast. Uh, This really is just a passion project, and we hope the entertainment that we can bring you is enjoyable and a little educational. Hell yeah. 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 So if you'd like to help us improve our show in every way we can, you can head over to patreon.com slash it's a scary life and take a look at our membership options there definitely good value for money you get to help us produce the show as well as helping us feed our cats fancy food oh yeah one of our cats is joining us here greta. the lovely greta <laughs> she's the podcast cat yeah she always likes to just hang close while we're podcasting it's really sweet she bit my microphone she it was did. real cute <laughs> <laughs> we need to not let the cats destroy the equipment though it's uh, no, i stopped her it's a challenge yeah <laughs> melody what have we what have we got today oh so this episode we're going back into the late edwardian era oh fuck yeah okay cool to discuss the crimes of a charlatan who killed people with her extreme belief in deprivation as a cure oh fuck a form of deprivation we see spoken about as being a cure for ills to this day oh no a woman who despite having no medical degree was allowed to let a license to practice medicine and opened a sanitarium that became locally no- known as Starvation Heights. <laughs> oh shit. A woman with 16 known deaths attributed to her name brought about by fasting and torture that she forced them to undergo while she drained her victims' estates. Today, nice. we will be discussing the life and crimes of Melinda Burfield Hazard, the starvation doctor. Her last name was Hazard? Her last name was Hazard. Oh, my God. She came with a warning. <gasps> Listen, I don't condone whatever the fuck she was doing. Um, 
I am going to really enjoy this. This is great. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah, I figured I'd uh, give you one that you're going to smile a bit through. <laughs> Heck yeah. Okay. Especially after last episode. I think everyone deserves a lighter time. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> so. So, born Linda Laura Burnfield on December 18th, 1867 in Carver, Minnesota. As this is the Victorian era, this, there's little known about Linda's life before she became a public figure. It's also not an era where writing biographies about people who commit horrible crimes was considered in good taste, despite the fact that showing Aww. up at a crime scene to take a look at the carnage and take souvenirs was considered in good taste to the Victorians <laughs> and Edwardians. And, God, I love Anywho. the Victorians. <laughs> They're so fucked up. Victorian standards are bizarre. Yeah. Mourning culture. Very cool. Oh, yeah. Standards. Listen, mourning culture has just always been really interesting and fun. Oh, yeah. Oh. I want one of those cool morning brooches with like pieces of like someone's hair like woven really intricately into like cool patterns. I yeah. love that. I want that uh, necklace like that with my mother's hair when she dies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> many, 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 many years from now. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Linda had gotten married at 18 and had two children. In 1898, however, she left her family to pursue her own career in Minneapolis. <gasps> Scandal! Right? Love it. Abandoning her family. Linda worked as an osteopathic nurse before she started to become a fasting specialist. Oh, goddamn. Osteopathy, for those who don't know, is a medical practice that emphasizes the treatment of medical disorders through manipulation of and the massage of bones, joints, and muscles. Mm -hmm. Which, yeah, it's, it's fine, but... The chiropractors figured it out, so. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, now those who get, like, degrees in osteopathy also, like, have to go to, like, actual medical school, which I don't think yes. they did during the Victorian era. No, they did not. They could just, like, get people in their house and, like, start moving their bones around. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the Wild there. West. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are great stories about the Wild West, and I, we should, I'll cover some. They'll be. Ooh, yeah. Nice. In 1902, around the time that Linda's divorce was finalized, a patient in her care had died and the coroner's cause of death was starvation. The coroner tried to have Linda prosecuted, but because she didn't have a license to practice medicine at the time, he wasn't successful in his pursuit. Wait, what? Yeah. So because... She wasn't licensed. Oh my God. She couldn't be sued for malpractice or murder because she's technically not responsible. Okay. All right. Seems like bullshit, but go on. Yeah. Um, and I'd like to note that this patient had several valuable rings go missing while in Hazard's care. Oh, hell yeah. Petty thievery. <laughs> we got it all, folks. Linda then met the man of her dreams, Samuel Christian Hazard, whose last name truly does function as a warning. <laughs> Samuel had been a West Point graduate who misappropriated army funds. He was known for being a drunk, for being offensively sexual, and a swindler. Oh my god, match made in heaven. Oh goodness. Like, just two awful people. This is like <laughs> Sweeney Todd Mrs. Lovett type romance. Of course it is. <laughs> oh man, we love to see it. Not in <laughs> real life, but like, this is, this happened a hundred years ago, right? Oh yeah, so this, cool. this was far enough in time where it's a little enjoyable. Hell yeah. All right. <laughs> this is why I like the old ones. I'm like, everybody would have been dead anyway. Yeah. At least by now. Yeah. 
So he had married twice before meeting Linda and hadn't bothered to divorce at least one of his former <gasps> wives before marrying Bigamy! Oh my gosh, this is amazing. I love this crime list. And it yes, it resulted in a public bigamy trial <gasps> that resulted in Sam serving two years in prison. Oh my God. When he was released in 1906, Linda and Sam set out for Washington to start a new life together. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, my God. So a loophole in this law in the state of Washington allowed people with alternative medical degrees to get grandfathered in and earn a license to practice medicine. Oh, God. So with this law in her favor, Hazard was able to get a medical license and legally practice medicine without a medical degree. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, the law is so fucked up. Linda was known to be a spiritualist and theosophist and also dabbled in subhypnotism. And these beliefs brought Linda into circles that were ripe with people for her to practice her medicine of starvation and purification on the body. On. Remind me again what theosophy is. I cannot remember. We'll be getting there. I got a ooh. I got a section on that. All right, all right. <laughs> Carry on. This lady is a fucking mess. I love it. She, yeah, she's a horrible, horrible mess, mm-hmm. and I hate her. No, yes. Listen, I do. I do despise and hate her from the little that I know about her. But um, she's also very entertaining so far. Yes. So she self-published a book titled Fasting for the Cure of Disease in oh 1908. God. I know. Oh, the bullshit. PDF files of this can be found online, which both excites me and worries me at the same time. Yeah. Because I'm excited as someone who likes to do research. I got to read some of that and that's cool. But also, this means people who want to find things for fasting can, can find. easily find her work. Yeah. 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 So the opening quote from before getting into the introduction of the book was, Appetite is craving. Hunger is desire. Craving is never satisfied, but desire is relieved when want is supplied. This just sounds like a sex thing. Oh, it gets worse. Oh, no. (laughs) Eating without hunger or pondering to appetite at the expense of digestion makes disease inevitable. Oh, my God of fucked up philosophy did she ever did she ever meet kellogg oh, i feel goodness. like they would have gotten along they probably would have weirdly well disgustingly well oh yeah we should do an episode on like weird medicines <laughs> and talk about <laughs> kellogg and graham and all that <laughs> yes the reason i'm ace is because i ate too many cornflakes as a child <laughs> no sexual desire too many no. cornflakes too many cornflakes they're very good especially the frosted flakes nice anyways <laughs> so linda then goes on in her first chapter to claim that everyone else in the medical field does not understand disease because eating has become about taste and enjoyment oh no she claims that these focuses cause disease she suggests that digestion itself is the cause of people's ailments She then goes on into the book describing how deprivation of food, the very thing that sustains our energy and vitality, can save humanity from disease. That, no. Yeah. No. Horrifying. Oh my god. No. So, Linda followed up her first book with two others, 
Diet and Disease and System- Systemic Cleansing in 1917 and a revised version of Fasting for the Cure of Disease titled Scientific Fasting, the Ancient and Modern Key to Health in 1927. What the fuck kind of bullshit? <laughs> I just... I don't have the time to unpack why I find that just so horribly hilarious, but it should be noted that in this era, fasting was already known to be the medicine of fraudsters and Uh health faddists. And anyone who tried to justify it with the, but this is how the ancient religions purified themselves arguments to be simply an attempt at called expertise where the people weren't even experts to begin with. Right. Also, the fasting was for spiritual purposes, not, like, to get skinny. Yes. It's not about, like, I need to get rid of disease or anything like that. And honestly, when you look at certain religions, the fasting is either for very specific purpose. Like, in mm-hmm. Judaism, there are two fasting holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, that don't take that long. That are, like, a day. Yeah, they're one day. Yeah. And they're about six months. Uh, they're not six months. It's it's like four months apart um and in buddhism siddhartha had actually gone back on all of his fasting things before he died yeah because moderation yes yeah he had gone back on telling people to just not eat because yeah it might make you hallucinate a little bit yeah but like there's some fun plants that you can eat that do the same fucking thing while also not making you susceptible to a lot of health problems because you don't have the actual nutrition you need. There also came this point where he realized that the whole not eating thing was just another form of putting himself on a pedestal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so the idea of fasting for some spiritual growth was absurd. Yeah. Anywho. Yes, back to the... Yeah, so before... Getting into the crimes of Linda Hazard, I'd like to go over the belief systems that left people vulnerable to her lack of expertise. Spiritualism is a religious movement based on the belief that spirits of the dead exist and both have the ability and the inclination to communicate with the living. Wild. It's it's a little special. So I mean, listen... I I don't not believe that, but I also don't believe that yeah yeah like i don't i don't believe every single person's spirit is waiting to be spoken to oh god no that'd be exhausting (laughs) oh my god like listen yeah energy whatever but like (sighs) it's it's another belief system that i feel comes from a place of arrogance and wanting to always get what you want well i mean if i remember correctly it also gained a lot of popularity because of the civil war yeah yeah because so many families were grieving for 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 children and spouses and fa- other family members and friends that they lost and weren't able to have that full grieving process with the body. Yes. And so, you know, ghost stories got really popular and spiritualism really gained popularity because they wanted this connection to the dead. Yes. And in the culture that they were following, there really was no real connection to the dead to be had. Right. If you weren't like helping to, because yeah, care for the body after yeah. exactly, because European Christianity really fucked up the whole connecting with the ancestors thing. <gasps> we don't have time to get into all that though. <laughs> <laughs> but so from the world of spiritualism comes spirit boards, now known as the Ouija board. Don't S- fucking mess with that, guys. Yeah. It's stupid. Don't do it, please. You'll summon a demon. It's stupid. 
or just my annoyed ass knocking <laughs> on your door going, did you cast a protective circle first? <laughs> did you make sure to dismiss everybody? Don't piss off your local pagan. Do your spirit boards correctly. <sighs> um, or just leave well enough the fuck alone. Honestly. Sorry. <laughs> Go on. Um, spiritual <laughs> Spiritualism also brought out seances, the belief in ectoplasm, and the idea that we can only connect through to the dead through some form of human medium. So we have to have a human speak the ghost or whatever speak through the human. It cannot just speak on its own. Right. Is the idea. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It makes them very reliant on that medium, doesn't oh, it? Yeah, it's so convenient. So especially convenient. if you know you've got to pay them for their time. Such a low fee. Oh yeah. <laughs> So spiritualism somewhat laughs in the face of religions that were considered savage by Victorians because they called on their ancestors by dancing and singing and chanting and, you know, filling a room with joy. Normal shit. (laughs) Sorry. I to anyone who took offense. Sorry, but I'm also absolutely fucking serious. Normal shit. But yeah, apparently they only found they were the only ones who found a civilized way to connect with the dead. Bullshit. Take your fucking capitalist asses out of here. I'm sorry. Go on. <laughs> so theosophy was a religious movement started by Helena Blavatsky in the late 1800s. The belief system houses a number of philosophies maintaining that a knowledge of God may be achieved through spiritual ecstasy, direct intuition, or special individual relations. It's largely considered to be a branch of occultism and Western esotericism. The teachings draw from European philosophy, Hinduism, and Buddhism. The phrase, there is no religion higher than truth, is seen in the symbolism for a theosophic belief, along with the symbols from multiple religions, including Ouroboros from the Celtic religion, the Star of David, the Ankh, the symbol for Om, and the left-facing Sovastika, which was later appropriated by Adolf Hitler with the name for the right-facing one, Swastika. God damn. Listen, I... It's just a bunch of pretentious bullshit. It is. Like, listen, I'm all for picking and choosing different, like, things to believe in. But, like, there comes a point when it's like, can you leave the Jews out of it? Right. Please, can we not be part of this? Right. Because it's going to backfire. <laughs> and it's not, it's not going to hit the theosophists. It's, it's going to hit gonna, the Jews. Yeah. Yeah. Every goddamn time. <sighs> God, it's fucking Victorians. I right. swear. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll have to do some coverage on Madame Blavatsky because she is she's an she's interesting a fucking life. character. Fucking interesting life. Yeah. Can we also do one on like the spiritualism shit? Oh, absolutely. So fun. Getting very deep. Yeah. Get I deep love all of like of the, the table shaking and stuff and like. Oh, yeah. The Fox sisters. Yeah. Oh, my God. They're fun. <laughs> I don't know a ton about them, but I know that they were absolute charlatans and I yeah. have a weird sort of respect for them. I mean, honestly, in rural America, you make your money how you have to. Yeah. <laughs> it's not nice to fuck over your neighbors. But if you're if you're traveling around like. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're really gonna trust the traveling mystics. Like that's on you. I trust traveling mystics. I like the Roma. Okay, well that's fair, but you're not getting a ton <laughs> of Roma. You're getting a bunch of like random Irish people. Yeah. By hearing a little more about these belief systems, you can kind of see where 
Those systems themselves may not be dangerous, so let's talk about the types of people who get attracted to these movements throughout history and today. People who would get sucked into cults? Yeah, I can say with great confidence, if you watched Midsommar and rooted for Florence Pugh, even in the end of it all, you are amongst these vulnerable people. You are highly susceptible to a cult. Please get help. Everybody is susceptible to joining cults. Nobody's special. Yes, smart people are even more susceptible. Yes. Just constant vigilance. Yeah. Very smart people, even the rich, ordered the solar temple. Yeah, listen, don't if you think somebody's in a cult, don't fucking talk to them about it. Just don't. <laughs> That's how they fucking get you. Yeah, or it's how you solidify it for them to go deeper. Yeah, absolutely. That too. Um, so what makes people who follow beliefs systems like these vulnerable to con men and even serial killers like Linda Hazard is never the philosophy they believe in, but the idea that they can get concrete answers with one or two quick and easy things. We have all known the person who thinks there's a magic pill for everything. They'll tell you essential oils cure everything or just drop dairy and gluten and you'll f- never fe- fall ill again. <laughs> um, Suckers. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was mean. That was mean. We can take that out. I'm sorry. <laughs> Melody's laughing, so it's not going to get taken out. No, huh? it's not. Goddamn. <laughs> Listen, if it's a if it's a literal health thing, and your doctor was like, "Yeah, you got celiacs," absolutely. Oh, it's absolutely. Help. Like, if you, there's legitimate allergies and things, but like, but not if you went off gluten give, and then went back on and then felt bloated and decided that you were allergic, you weren't. Yeah. <laughs> we still have caveman stomachs. Do you know how hard our ancestors worked so that we could eat? grains yeah if you stop eating gluten and you eat some again and you're bloated or you're a little nauseous it's because your body's just not used to it anymore just eat more gluten yeah (laughs) reintroduce it slowly yeah understand it's going to be a little bit of a rocky process and uh also we're not medical professionals so i mean i reintroduced beef into my body slowly and it was a smelly and terrible process and evan (laughs) sat through it with me and thank goodness he's still here Uh, (laughs) because that smell alone could have made him run but um, with spiritualism the salve was just have a seance and you'll never have to feel grief because you can just communicate and stay connected with your dead loved ones theosophy provided an alternative for people who didn't like organized religion but still wanted to feel like they had all the answers (laughs) religion is not gonna it's not going to provide all the answers. It's just, if it is, I think that there's some soul searching that so that, that one would need to do. Yes. Just to think about why they feel all the answers mm-hmm. about everything. Like that's, you, you want to make sure that you're it's a very keeping big your mind open. To be in, to think you have all the answers. Yeah. And so the desire for quick, easy answers and instant gratification drove people to spend lots of their money and in this case lose their lives because they believed in what someone was selling so i'd like to take a moment to talk about fasting versus what your body actually needs when it comes to food and diet so we can understand not only why extremists like like hazard is dangerous but understand why fasting is too Mm -hmm. the average human needs roughly 2,000 calories per day to survive and nourish their body This number can, of course, vary with people's heights, metabolisms, and body types. Now, calories is a word that has been demonized in our culture, so I want you to simply understand that calories are energy, most specifically the energy needed to raise one gram of water by one degree Celsius. But that energy can also be measured by the ability to move 
or stay awake throughout the day or simply just go about your life. Calorie intake equals physical energy. The more nourishing the food, the more energy it can provide us. Fasting undermines this energy production in the body. So instead of gaining energy from what you eat, the body goes into the first stage of starvation called ketosis or the entire basis of the keto diet. Oh shit, really? Ketosis happens when our bodies lack nourishment and goes into survival mode. And yes, this is the entire basis of the keto diet is putting your body in ketosis. Wait, but aren't people allowed to stay on that for like indefinitely? Yeah. What the fuck? Oh my God. So the body begins eating the fat and muscle tissue to gain carbs and amino acids to feed itself. This is why people who routinely undereat feel they are losing unwanted excess to their body. They are literally wasting away. Though most people who encourage fasting aren't encouraging what we're about to learn from Linda Hazard's patients went through, they are telling you to actively harm your body and follow a lot of the same treatment plans as laid out in Linda's crimes. What the fuck? Yeah. I... Why is there a diet literally named after the first step of starvation? Because I, I, it sold it. It's a, it's a nice word, isn't it? Keto. It sounds so nice. Doesn't it sound nice? It sounds pretentious as fuck is what it sounds like. Oh, it sounds so scientific. Keto. It, it has does. a scientific, it's obviously a scientific diet. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so mad. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about this one lady? What about the serial killer? Yeah. That that seems like somehow more savory than <laughs> all that. So when Hazard and her husband settled into Washington, they found a 40-acre property of ferries wide away from Seattle in Olala and settled there, naming the property Wilderness Heights. Aww. It is a pretty name. That's nice. Hazard would commute into the city to practice and dreamed of building her own sanitarium there one day while building a client base in Seattle. Many local spiritualists and theosophists embrace Hazard's medical theories, creating popularity for her and enabling Hazard to open up her offices. Her first known victim in Washington was Daisy Maud Hagland, a first-generation Norwegian woman. After Hazard had Daisy on a 50-day fast, her body succumbed to starvation. 50? 50 days. The fuck? She died on February 22nd, 1908. Yeah. Was this like no food whatsoever or was it like a certain amount per day? Well, we'll we'll get into the amounts she gives people. It's fucking days. Mm -hmm. Well, she can't. People can't survive that long without food. Without anything, but... Okay, they, so it was still, certain amounts of... Yeah, okay. it's, it's terrifying how Still little, fucked up. It's still terrifying how little food they got. Daisy was the age of 38, and she left behind a three-year-old son <gasps> named Ivor. Oh, God. Daisy's official cause of death was stomach cancer, but no, there is no doubt that Daisy w- would have died, um, wouldn't have died as quickly without the catalyst that was Linda Hazard and the so-called treatments she gave her. In 1908, Hazard is also attributed with the death of Mrs. Elgin Cox, who has to suffer the tragedy of only being remembered by her husband's names after being murdered, and Ida Wilcox. Mrs. Elgin Cox. We don't even know her name. What the fuck? (laughs) Oh my god. Something that really depresses me about (sighs) Victorian era and earlier. A lot of women's (sighs) identities get totally erased before 
first wave feminism insists on, you know, having our names on our own gravestones and things like that. Oh, yeah, that is. Yeah. Yeah. In 1909, the noted deaths at Wilderness Heights through starvation were Blanche B. Tyndall and Viola Heaton. There was one mysterious death where a man from New Zealand, Eugene Stanley Wakeland, had died from a bullet to the head while in Hazard's care. Oh, Officially, it is said that he shot himself, but there's always been speculation on whether or not he'd been the shooter after all, as Hazard had gotten herself appointed minister of his estate and drained it of its funds. <gasps> yeah. Oh, my God. It's a cult. Yeah. That's that's a fucking cult thing. Yeah. Oh, my God. Fuck. Okay. In 1910, Hazard kills Mrs. Maud Whitney with her so-called cure. Earl Edward Erdman, a civil engineer, took to Hazard's treatments at Wilderness Heights in 1911 and died three weeks after entering Olala on March 28, 1910, or 1911. What the fuck? Um, he'd kept a diary of his treatments while there, which illustrated the extreme conditions of Hazard's fasts. His diary logs breakfast, lunch, and dinner each day. Breakfast, dinner, supper, since it's Victorian mm-hmm. era. Right. Many meals are in orange, a small portion of mashed soup, or a small portion of broth. Some of the days in his diary read, February 1st, saw Dr. Hazard and began treatment this day. No breakfast, mashed soup dinner, mashed soup supper. February 13th, two orange breakfast, no dinner, no supper. Oh my god. February 14th, one cup of strained tomato broth at 6 p.m. February 16th, one cup hot strained tomato soup, a.m. p.m., slept better last night, head quite dizzy, eyes yellow streaked and red. You don't say. February 17th, ate three oranges today. February 24th, slept better Wednesday night, kind of frontal headache in a.m., ate two small oranges, 10 a.m., ate one and a half cups hot tomato soup at 6 p.m., Heart hit up to 95 a minute and sweat <gasps> considerable. Oh, my God. This is just a glimpse into the insane level of restriction Hazard had forced onto her gullible patients who trusted her with their care. A headline from the Seattle Times Daily after Erdman's death read, Woman MDs kills another patient. And yet Hazard was still able to practice and patients kept on coming to her for her cure. What the fuck? Yeah. I mean... I guess enough people were surviving that... Well, surviving or enough people just weren't rich enough that people cared. Oh, true. True. I'm just wondering, like, how many people she was treating at one time. hmm Yeah. I mean... Uh, it's hard to find those medical records. Oh, yeah. Like, they're yeah. somewhere, but they're not on the internet, so... Yeah. We, we do not currently have the funding to uh, go to Seattle... Yeah, um, and just you know, become do deep research. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to actually do a deep research trip. That'd be fun. Ooh, yeah. I would just go to like a bunch of coffee shops and bookstores. <laughs> um. <laughs> so Hazard's next known victim was Frank Southard or Southard from the law firm Morris Southard and Shipley in 1911. C. A. Harrison a publisher for Alaska Yukon magazine, died from Hazard's bizarre treatments a few months later. Ivan Flux, who had come to America from England to buy a ranch for his family, had taken to Hazard's treatment 
and died 53 day after 53 days of fasting with only $70 to his name after Hazard had gotten access to his cash and property. What the fuck? That Yeah. Shit. When former legislator and publisher of the magazine South Views, Lewis Ellsworth Rader, began taking treatment from Hazard at the Outlook Hotel in Seattle, authorities attempted to step in and convince Rader to stop his treatment with Hazard as he was wasting away. Hazard managed to get Rader transferred to Wilderness Heights, and there the five foot eleven man died, returning to his family weighing only one hundred pounds. <gasps> oh my god. God. And this leads Hazard to the murder that led to her downfall. Oh, thank God. But unfortunately, not her last. The fuck? Yeah. But Claire Williamson. Yeah. Okay. Prosecution took a little while. Was she let out on bail? Um, I don't think they had a system like that yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm just like, if she's a danger to the public. Because not, every, not everywhere had that same type of system. Okay. It wasn't like a blanket everywhere is like this until the 20th century. So I'm not sure if Washington had that type of system, like a bail system yet. Okay. Or if you just get released back into the public. God damn. <laughs> so Dorothea and Claire Williamson were sisters from a very wealthy British family. They were known to both have very minor ailments and were both definite hypochondriacs, convinced every ailment that they had was caused by something drastic and that could be fixed with the right cure. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I You just described them like characters in like fucking like a like a Jeeves and Worcester novel or like. <laughs> All right. Um, their family disapproved of their constant health fads and unorthodox treatments the girls seemed to find themselves paying for. And since the two were in charge of the family's astronomical estate and could lose everything for the family if tricked by the right fraud, were very, very unsupportive when they brought them up. Oh, shit. <laughs> While visiting Victoria, British Columbia, Dorothea, and Claire came across an ad for fasting for the cure of disease. They had ordered a copy, and with it, they had also received a brochure for Hazard's Institute of Natural Therapeutics oh, God in Olala. Ladies. Oh, my God. The sisters decided to go to Hazard for her fasting cure and didn't tell their family where they were going as they knew about their disapproval. God damn it. <laughs> yes. Fuck. Okay. That's worse. So Dorothea and Claire settled into Buena Vista Apartments in Seattle and began their treatment according to Hazard's treatment plan. They survived mostly on thin vegetable broth, and Linda Hazard would arrive regularly to give the women hour-long enemas <gasps> and pummeling massage, which was described as sounding like beatings by the Institute staff. For those who don't know what an enema is, oh. it's when a liquid or gas is injected into the rectum, typically to expel its contents, but also more so nowadays to introduce drugs or get x-ray imaging. So, you know, douching for anal is a normal type of enema, but this hour-long process hazard started is nowadays called a high colonic. And which is something you really should only do in very specific cases. 
what the fuck? Yeah. What? Starving them and then giving them an hour-long enema. The fuck? It's a surprise only one of them died. Yeah. Oh my god. It's a surprise. And she did this herself? Yes. Ugh. 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 Disturbing. Yeah. I, yeah. The fuck? I can't imagine. Like it can't have just been one anima, right? Like that no, that's that's that, multiple that over doesn't time. take an hour. Like no. that's Oh my Even god. Even douching for anal, that's like it's a five minute process, but you do it you get the water in a few times. But an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a lot. I, I don't wanna know what she was doing that with, do I? No. Are are you gonna tell me there anyway? Are, no. Thank <laughs> I you. I didn't get those details. Oh, thank the gods. Oh, thank the research gods. <laughs> okay. We're all right, listeners. Okay. I should say I didn't add those details. They were unnecessary. Thank you. Um, so within eight weeks, the two sisters were emaciated and delirious. They were transferred to Wilderness Heights by Hazard, who made sure to get first get a signature from Claire on a new will that guaranteed $25 a month. Hazards Institute and adding that in case of death she wanted her body to be cremated under the charge and direction of Linda Burfield Hazard <gasps> brilliant evil deeply deeply wrong brilliant brilliant <laughs> it's in an era where we can find it brilliant because we learn this is what evil is this way I mean that is masterful it is disgustingly she knows exactly what she's doing in order to get people's money and to keep a steady cash flow i mean 25 dollars was not insignificant oh of course i mean that's a couple hundred now something like that maybe oh, yeah. more oh yeah yeah you'd, you'd be getting a pretty good donation per month yeah who smart smart yeah terrible person horrific yeah <laughs> horrifically smart who um, so Claire was the eldest then? or I believe so. Okay. Uh, and Margaret Conway, who used to be the Williamson sister's nanny, received a cryptic telegram summoning her to Olala from the sisters on April 30th of that year. And she went directly to Washington as quickly as she could from her vacation in Australia to see what was going on. Mm-hmm. She arrived in Seattle June 1st and was met by Sam Hazard on the boat Upon arrival. Oh, no. He brought her right to Linda's office, where she was informed that Claire was dead and Dorothea was insane. Oh, my God. That is... That is a horrific... Oh, my God. Conway was then taken to ER Butterworth and Sons Mortuary, was shown an embalmed body she did not recognize, and told it was Claire. Bullshit. (gasps) Probably her, but, but so emaciated don't... she doesn't recognize oh, okay. her. I just thought they'd have already. No. Okay. Um, next, she was taken to Alala to reunite with Dorothea, who was now a human skeleton living alone in a rough cabin no better than a whole shack. Oh, my God. Dorothea immediately begged to be taken away by Conway that day. But when she had come back to rescue the poor woman, Dorothea insisted that her treatment was working and doing her a world of good. Oh, no. 
Conway felt compelled to stay with Dorothea to get her out of Hazard's care. She would sneak flour into Dorothea's mash soup, and on the 4th of July, when patients were allowed to mingle with each other as a special treat, because they are all in isolation. Oh, no. Oh, fuck. Two patients begged Conway to help them leave, saying that they were being held prisoner. Oh, that's so fucked up. Conway had noticed that Dr. Hazard was wearing Claire's silk dressing gown and her favorite hat around the institute. She also learned that Dorothea had given Hazard's power of attorney and and they had helped themselves with some of her funds. The fuck? I gotta say, wearing the dead woman's clothes around her known associates is a stupid fucking move. Deeply fucked. Like, it, it not just fucked up, but it, it's dumb. Yeah. If you're gonna do that type of shit, which you shouldn't, <laughs> be subtle. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't be flaunt like, it. Yeah, don't be like Grace and get caught in Nancy's dress. Right. But Conway announced to Hazard that she was leaving and that she would be taking Dorothea with her. After this, she was informed that Dorothea was not free to go. The Hazards had had Dorothea officially declared insane and had made themselves her legal guardians. Fuck. Conway managed to send a telegram to the sister's uncle in Portland, who came to help right away. Good. While taking all 60 pounds of Dorothea out of the property. (gasps) 60? 60 pounds. Oh, A grown woman in her 30s. Hazard insisted there was an unpaid bill of $2,000. The uncle negotiated a lower ransom and managed to get the surviving sister out. The family managed to begin the trial for the death of Claire Williamson with the help of British Vice Counsel and had Linda Hazard arrested, but unfortunately not before she was able to take at least two more lives. Oh my god. Those were the lives of Ida J. Anderson and Mary Mary Bailey in 1913 prior to her arrest. The fuck? God, and the refeeding process for Dorothea must have been horrific, terrifying. Yeah. I mean, because that's stati- w- with fasting. I mean, that's the biggest danger mm-hmm. is, is building that back up because the body freaks the fuck out. Yeah, the body doesn't understand. Pro- like it can't physically process some of the things. Yeah. It doesn't have the energy. Yeah. One, and the body doesn't understand certain foods anymore. Things. It, it's it's terrifying. Yeah. So, Hazard was arrested for the murder of Claire Williamson and put to trial. She stood accused also of forging a new will and stealing most of Claire's valuables. Dorothea testified against Hazard along with several other patients who had been freed on the day of her arrest. From day one, Hazard drained these people of their energy and their wealth, and finally, she would see their comeuppance. At trial, Hazard claimed that she was being prosecuted for being a woman, pursuing medicine. Bullshit. And her many believers held the same opinion. Stop murdering people and stealing their fucking money. Right. Like, like mm-hmm. I'm sorry. You can't gaslight gatekeep girl boss your way out of this one. Right. Like, the fuck. Like, all right, Taylor Swift. This is the problem. <laughs> Listen, okay. <laughs> this is the problem with thinking that female CEOs are going to fix everything. Oh, yeah. Like, no, they're still working in a corrupt system and are probably terrible people unto their own right. Which is how they're able to be female CEOs in a patriarchal society. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so this defense didn't save her from prison time, though. Good. 
as there was a pile of damning evidence between medical testimony, a complete paper trail, and a forged diary entry saying that Claire wanted Linda Hazard to have all her all her diamonds. The fuck. That is that's a little sloppy. Very. Like you gotta get them to write it themselves. <laughs> Come on. You've got these people under your influence. I mean, she may not have had the energy for anything like that anymore. That's true. To even lift a pen. Who knows? This is why you got you to gotta time things correctly. You shouldn't. <laughs> you shouldn't starve people and steal their money. I do want to go on record saying don't do that shit. But if you're gonna. Yeah, and time it right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So Linda Hazard was sentenced to 2 to 20 years in prison with a reduced sentence of manslaughter instead of murder. Hmm. And it is speculated that it was reduced from murder because she was not a man. So you're getting shit in your favor, Hazard, because yeah, you have like a vagina. girl boss. <laughs> Hazard had served only two years of her sentence. What? And a year after her release, she had been pardoned for her crimes. The fuck? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Melody, you're shitting me. I'm not. I'm sorry. You can't. How? Was she fucking murdered by her, like, refed victims? <laughs> like, that is the only fucking yeah. just... Did she there's, get murdered? There's some justice. Oh, good. Linda and Sam Hazard then fled to New Zealand to let the heat die down and make some money. God damn it. By 1920, they'd made enough to open up Hazard's Dream Sanitarium <laughs> back in Alala at God Wilderness damn Heights. It. When she was released, she no longer had a license to practice medicine oh, and turned God. her idea for the institute into a school for health, where Ugh. she taught her extreme methods of torture to another generation until the compound burned down in 1935. Good. After that, Hazard continued to adapt. To attempt to do her horrific work until she herself fell ill and tried a fasting cure on herself. Linda Hazard died of starvation. Hell yeah! On June 24. Oh my god, pop the champagne. 1938. Everybody. Good. <laughs> Having killed at least 16 people with the same <sighs> method. You know, at least she honestly murdered herself as well. Yeah. Like, at least it seems like she fully fucking believed she was helping. On some level. Yeah, she she was a true believer in her own bullshit to the point where she killed Hell herself. yes. And it, it, it's a little bit satisfying. This is acceptable. <laughs> she should have been in jail for longer. Yes. She should have never been able to practice anything like medicine again. Her tongue should have been ripped from her throat. Nice. However, this is, this is all right. I'm okay with this. <laughs> um, this is uh, why I hope I never have to serve on a jury because I would hopefully be the person who would be like, I Burn. think we should be merciful, but deep down it would be, well, as long as it's, we can do cruel and unusual, right? There's no, <laughs> <laughs> there's no amendment that specifically says I can't. Yeah. Just be the one who's like, no death sentence. Let's, uh, let's chop their hands off. Yeah. Ellen very much believes in very Roman style. But I punishment. don't. Like, ethically, I don't. <laughs> Viscerally, I do. <laughs> ethically, I, I'm very mu- I, I very much believe in like restorative justice, and like helping in like that the prison system should be keeping dangerous people away from other people and trying to rehabilitate them. Yes. In my heart of hearts, you know that part in Handmaid's Tale where like they get to rip that guy to shreds and yes. like, stone him and stuff. Mm-hmm. I felt that. Yeah. 
viscera, like yeah. really. And that concerns me about myself and is why I did not go into uh, the law. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't need to know all about myself. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so happy she fucking starved herself to death. Yeah. What a, this is the one and only time you're going to hear me say that about a person. <laughs> like, thank fuck. At, At least, least you believed your own bullshit enough to, like... Kill yourself. Yeah. yeah. To get it. Get it done at least. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I hope she knew she fucked up. I hope (laughs) there was a point before she died when she realized how seriously she'd fucked up, but she didn't have the strength... To fix it. To fix it. And so she just suffered. And that's mean. And that's a mean thing for me to think, but fuck it. I mean, it's a person who it's hard not to feel a lot of mean things and think a lot of mean things about... Yeah, and you know she what? She starved people to death. Yeah. Because she just was so convinced she was right. Yeah. Despite all the evidence in front of her telling her she wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> that takes some uh some thought process. That takes some uh some serious rationalization. Yeah. Of the self. Extreme self confidence that I never want to see. No. There's so there there's like believing in yourself and then there's this shit. Oh yeah. Like, you also have to, like, look at the evidence and, like, be logical and not starve your fucking self or others. Like, I can be an arrogant bitch, but if I was literally... But I find that charming about you. But, like, if I was literally start, like, being like, yes, this is going to cure you. And I'm like, wait, wait. I would be like, wait, wait, wait. You look like you're wasting away and dying. What's happening? Yeah. Like, that would be my reaction. Right. Because you're not a serial killer. That's true. (laughs) My desire is not to watch them waste away. So. Yeah. 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 No. Arrogant, but don't desire to kill. That's fair. That's an, that's a good place to start from. Who knew? (laughs) I'm sorry. No, a lot of people call me kind of serial killery because I'm very interested in serial killers and oddities and dead things. We definitely had a mutual friend (laughs) in school who was like, if literally anyone like who looked me dead in the eye because everybody was like oh ellen's so sweet it was like no ellen could fully kill someone yeah i was like whoa okay it was yeah no it was a total vibe that you always gave off and i thought it was so funny that everyone's like she's the sweetest thing in the world and i'm like ellen would murder you (laughs) (laughs) i would like to go on record stating i have not murdered i don't plan on murdering but um listen we were all bored in middle school and entertained ourselves in various ways yes yeah and part of it was imagining gar- gouging people's eyes out and yeah. things like that. That was like one of the only parts of King Lear that I liked. Mm. That and the bastard speech. Mm. I really oh. liked ta- Titus for how bloody it was. Mm-hmm. I've and never actually read that one. Ooh, also a girl gets her th- hands and tongue chopped out. Oh, listen, I know, I know, I know the basics. <laughs> it's just that I f- there's meat pies with people. Fuck yeah. Uh, Listen, I just feel like it's something that I have to see rather than read, you know, because it's Shakespeare. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. Not everyone's a pretentious shit like me and sits and analyzes it for fun. I mean, I like reading Shakespeare, but I much prefer to see a production and then go and read it. Like, yeah, because it it would not to meet your pretentiousness with my pretentiousness but, <laughs> you know it wasn't supposed to be read it's never supposed it to was be supposed read. to be performed darling so <laughs> <laughs> it's 
never meant to be read, of course. No. It's always meant to be performed. Yes, you can't really get the <laughs> real feeling for the piece, you know. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> oh, yeah, I was that pretentious shit in English class that really put the feeling into the poetry because it's meant to be read. Oh, yeah. Oh, that listen. way. We spent way too long on Poe as well. And so then Ooh. I fully, like, went and... No, but, like, it was it was very surface level. It's like, what are the themes, children? Mm. What happened in this one what Death. happens in the raven and it's like i fucking death. know like i fully like read annabelle lee it's a harbinger of death literally i i got so sick of it that like while everybody was doing i think we were doing um telltale heart which is awesome fantastic story but like you can only go over what the themes are so many fucking times i literally like flipped through the book found the highwayman by alfred noise and like memorized the first part and it oh. disturbing story oh listen I'm not a huge poetry person, just on my own, but like that poem. The Highwayman is very good. Yeah. <gasps> that poem, The Highwayman, highly recommend The Highwayman. So read it. Highly recommend reading read some poems. Read it out loud well. to yourself. Yes. And just feel. <laughs> it's a good time. Uh, it was middle school. Yeah. I was. But still, yeah. yeah. No, The Highwayman, I highly agree. Is a fun fucking time. Literally, anytime I read it, I get please read it. I'm just like, oh, this is art. It is, um, yeah. It's yeah. a poetry that makes you understand why poetry is important. Yeah, but also when people do the song version, they cut out the part about uh, Tim the Ulster, which is so fucking important. Yeah, and just like, ooh. <laughs> Anyways, I'm not gonna end this by reciting the Highwayman because I still mostly know it. Um, nice, but like, uh, and on we that don't need note, that shit. you know. Be be pretentious and enjoy yourselves out there. Read the Highwayman and other Do spooky it. tales. Uh, read the Telltale Heart. Yeah, it, it's it rocks. It rocks and it's beautiful, and you get to see the perspective of a killer throughout it, which I think is fun. I think it's fun to hear the pathology of a killer who feels the remorse of it. God, and then ju- and then just how it gets more frenzied and frenzied. Ooh, Ooh. yeah. Okay, anyways, um, it's not October yet. We're going to contain it's ourselves. Already Are we going to have like, some fun episodes in October, though? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to spook it up. Hell yeah. <laughs> I want some ghosties. Some ghosties. Okay. Spook. Spook it, spook, spook, spook. Spooks. We're going to little Sweeney spe- Todd. Yeah, we'll be getting a little supernatural. Hell yeah. As well. I am uh, looking Excellent. at some paranormal stories for that. Ooh. All right. I'm very excited. Um, <laughs> well, reader. listeners listeners go get therapy we love you go get therapy go read some poetry go enjoy spooky season Mm -hmm. maybe watch screams one through three like i already have oh shit do i need to watch the rest of them (laughs) melody showed me the first one i did and she loved it it was a fun time i'm proud of her (laughs) it was a fun time i can't believe shaggy uh was in it (laughs) (laughs) not gonna spoil anything you went too deep, man. <laughs> really dying God, here. The first thing I saw him in was literally a Shakespeare. Like, yeah, it was fucking Love's Labor's Lost, yeah. which is like a musical, which like was a musical. Yikes. No, it's good. We're going to watch it now. Okay. <laughs> All okay. right. Well, listeners, go get therapy. Enjoy being pretentious like we do. And you have a good time. We'll yeah. We'll uh, connect fall. with you in a couple weeks. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you.